सो हेलो एवरी वन वेलकम टू इंडी परिषद अ पॉडकास्ट डेडिकेटेड एंटायरली टू इंडिपेंडेंट फिल्म मेकर्स फ्रॉम अराउंड द कंट्री माई नेम इज शशि एंड टूडे विथ मी आई हैव बैंगलोर बेस्ड फिल्म मेकर स्केच कॉमेडी क्रिएटर स्टैंड अप कॉमिक कॉमिक क्रिएटर एज वेल एज एन एक्टर फला फैजल एज अ फिल्म मेकर ही हैज मेड शॉर्ट फिल्म ऑफ इज ओन एंड ऑल्सो पार्टिसिपेटेड in this very interesting documentary called the other way which is itself on independent filmmaking as a sketch comedy creator he has worked with tvf and also made his own sketches which is which are available on his youtube channel called musliman uh he is a stand up comic also and as a comic creator he makes comic strips on this superhero character which he has created called musliman which we are going to talk about and as an actor he has also acted in some interesting films from the indie circuit like praman naman and sri lanka so welcome fala what's up how are you hey what's up i think just a lazy bangalore sunday <laughs> how was the intro that's fine i think you captured everything i think you captured stuff that i'd forgotten i'd done so <laughs> <laughs> okay that's good cool then let's let's begin with talking about musliman tell me mm-hmm. what's the what's the vision with this character and how did you come up with this so uh you know we like how I, like i think uh, the character of musliman i think i came up around the time when i was like uh, interviewing to join tvf so i okay. think tvf had a character called that man that they did yes. a sketch off so when i came there as a writer uh they asked me to like write some sort of a script to, to show my writing skills and i was like hey i want to make something called musliman versus that man so mm. that was one of the earliest versions of the script i did where musliman comes from is the fact that i feel growing up especially like uh post 911 uh i think i only seen muslims being portrayed as negative characters like you know terrorists or villains or you know bad guys and i was kind of tired of that portrayal and you know that starts making que- you question your identity too as a muslim or whatever so mm-hmm. i just want to like create a hero that people can like look up to who says what the people want to say like you know the voice of the people kind of a character so that that was kind of the vision with it like you know to present a hero as opposed to the stereotypical villain that we get off of muslim characters all the time hmm like uh, why have you uh, chosen to make comic strips out of this character like at a time when attention span is going so low people don't want to read mm-hmm. much why don't you want to mm-hmm. uh, why do you want to make something which people have to read why not so, yeah make videos or more of that the initial thought with musliman was like i want to make sketches or i want to make a film but like something like that requires immense budget you know to do right otherwise it look very shoddy mm-hmm. so uh that's why i chose a comic medium cuz the comics medium you can show anything you want like you know like i can have space travel happen i can have like epic fight with big big villains whatever and not spend more than 5 to 10 grand making it whereas yeah. if i were to do the same thing in a visual medium it would cost me like a bomb like it would cost me like a lag a, a lag 2 lakhs maybe more do the same thing that i can do like under 10 grand in like comic form so it's basically uh, because not having the budget to do it and secondly i feel comics as a medium uh, is like the oldest form of human communication there is right like cuz yeah. comics come from 
comics is using image and words to tell a story and mostly image to tell a story the words are secondary almost so the visuals are really doing the talking hmm. and uh, like humans have gone back if you go to like you know uh, cave paintings that people had yeah. or the egyptian hieroglyphics all of them in my opinion are comics so comics is the oldest form of communication that humans have ever uh, had and hmm. when you do read a comic it taps into that part of your brain right where uh, your left hemisphere of your brain deals with like language and the right hemisphere deals with image and when you're reading a comic your whole brain is engaged mm. none of it is passive and the other thing with comics is that it's time irrelevant for example if you're watching a film uh, you're only going to see something for as long as the filmmaker has intended you to see it like it's a passing thing as a comic mm. you, can, you can look at a frame or you can look at a page for as long as you want you can go back mm. to the previous pages you can go forward and see what's happening so yeah. it's a far more freer medium yeah it's it's independent of time maybe film is a uh, function of yeah. time also independent of time independent of producer also right for example if i would want to make this into a film i would have to pitch it to a producer then he'd put money in it and then he'd have some approval about what i can see and what i cannot say uh, all of that stuff but as a comic nobody has final call i have final call in what i'm putting out so that is that also is what makes it truly independent so now i see that you put it out on instagram uh, at the rate musliman <laughs> comics and mm-hmm. what's your vision mm-hmm. with it are you going to make like comic books or are you going to make films out of it like so uh i mean uh, i've been having this conversation ongoing so i don't only publish it on musliman comics it also gets published on buckermax.com and buckermax is one of the leading uh, co- web comic publishers in the country they've like won comic con award for best web comic for like 3 years running and stuff mm-hmm. and i keep having this conversation with my publisher also saying that hey man uh, when do we get it in print and he keeps telling me to print is a vanity uh, it's a vanity project there is no money in it people mm-hmm. only do it kyunki like unka pride satisfy karna hai ki ha like kitab likha hai types and uh, the thing is that print limits uh, you in the uh, what you can show because like in my comics even if like if you look at faladin in a yeah. web comic i can make gifs happen inside the comic like you know i can have moving elements and stuff mm-hmm. like that and the way i edit So web comics is like that borderline between animation and uh, plain comic, which I cannot do in print. So I'd rather st- keep it in the web because in the web gives you a lot more like potential to innovate as opposed to just putting it in a book form. Uh, whether it becomes a film or not, like it's like one of those things. It's a cash cow. I'd rather have some production company approach me and be like, "Hey, we'll give you a few million dollars and buy." make this as a film i don't think i have the capability of producing a musliman film yet unless i think of some really indie idea to do it in <laughs> yeah indie superhero fiction it could be possible yeah so uh, what what's the vision with the character like in the coming time like now it's it's the vision with the character yeah. the vision with the characters in essence giving a voice to the unheard masses in my opinion because like i've always like uh, looked up to all of these writers or musicians who were considered voice of a generation that kind of a thing and i think there's this, a large majority of people whose perspective is not heard because your your muslims aren't the people who show up on times now with a beard and yell about shit on arnab show right yeah like 
they're not the real they're not the real muslims they're just the fringe element who get the most attention mm-hmm. so hence it's about bringing voice to the people and saying the things that the pe- the people at large want to read or want to be said that's wonderful that's it's, wonderful ultimately i think it's giving people hope i mm-hmm. think that's that's basically my main objective sure and you're doing a fab job i i love your strips which you which you put out and also uh, you also make a lot of videos around the character and like i've seen muslim man on kashmir and mm-hmm. th- those are also very interesting and everyone you should yeah. also check out his channel called muslim man on youtube where you could find a lot of other sketches also he has made so talking mm-hmm. about sketch comedy uh, tell me about your stint with tvf like i couldn't meet you because i joined later but i have heard a lot about you and and i've loved your work so tell me yeah. more about how it was there so i think uh, it was so how i met these guys how i got the job was i was actually doing an open mic in bangalore like mm-hmm. at this uh, bar called take 5 and arnab and amit golani had come to watch because i think biswa was performing in the new biswa so they came to watch biswa actually mm-hmm. and uh, i was the first comedian to go up that day and like the whole day like me being typical me i'd been smoking the whole time like i'd been smoking up the whole day and when i did get up on stage and start talking my mouth went like super dry like you know because cotton mouth happens when you smoke weed and i just midway through my set i just stopped and i was like dude my mouth is too dry somebody give me something to drink and uh, so that i can continue and amit just handed me his whiskey and water which i downed and i went back to performing after that mm. so after that gig uh, uh, arnab and amit like spoke to me saying that hey if you ever in bombay come by to our offices we'd love to have you all of those things but i think they made that offer to every comedian that they saw that day i was the only person stupid enough to take them up on that offer <laughs> yeah. okay so i joined there uh, i think it was 2015 ish and uh, right that around that time they were also like looking to expand and create a bangalore office and a delhi yeah. office so uh, since i was from bangalore i was there i was in bombay for like even, only 2 3 weeks in in fact when arunab said we are setting up this bangalore office can you go and you uh, can you handle this sort of a thing so i came to bangalore it was a new co- office in kurumangla where we hired a fresh team nothing good ever came out of that office like every every video we made that did not uh, go well except for maybe like we made a documentary there called going gonzo independence day yeah. uh, where it featured at a couple of film festivals where we were invited we didn't send it in they invited us after seeing it like hey we did, we'd want to show this type of thing and like uh, so it was part of timeliners channel mostly that i was a uh, part of i was not i don't think i've written a video for main tvf or uh, screenpati mm-hmm. but uh, largely i learned a few things but for me it was not a very good experience working there because i'm a very political person Hmm. and uh, i from your experience at tvf you'd know that they like to keep it safe they don't want controversy or whatever so there was a lot of internal censorship that i had to deal with in terms of scripts or the videos i want to make saying that no 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 this is too political don't do this don't do this and that kind of what prompted me to like uh, get out of there and kind of do my own thing yeah yeah and now i have seen your sketches and some of hmm. my favorites are like which i have seen and narendra modi mask unboxing that was very funny mm-hmm. then nationalism classes which you made very recently and i discovered one no, no, more that's that yeah sure yeah 
No, nationalism classes I made right after I left TVF. This was like 2017, 2018, where okay. I was part of this company called Counterculture, and they started a YouTube channel called CCTV, uh, where we made a few sketches. I only like uh, re-uploaded it now because because of their okay. channel being so dominant, YouTube had deleted the video, so I just re-uploaded it. Okay, okay, that that's that that's a good one, and also India's mm-hmm. mother, which you made long back. Yeah, I think it's a spoof of India's daughter. Yeah, India's mother was like my second short film. Mm-hmm. Like it was before I joined TVF and all of that stuff. So how how do you how do you differentiate between a sketch and a and a comedy short film or absurd uh, short film? How are? Sorry, can you repeat? How like what difference between a sketch and a comedy short film or an absurd short film? Like what I know of is a sketch is an absurd scene or like a scene which is exaggerating. Yeah. Yeah. How can it be yeah. not called? I think the difference. Comedy short film. Yeah. Uh, I think the difference maybe like I think a sketch at least how I see it is made for the internet, like to be put out on the internet only. Whereas like I think a comedy short film also uh, the structure right like I mean a sketch is just maybe one situation exaggerated, whereas like a film is trying to tell a larger story. Mm-hmm. So yeah, I I I I've never. Really thought about them as different things, but yeah, like when I made early short films, I didn't know even sketch was a word. So yeah. I was just like, yeah, even I didn't know. Like when these people started making it TVF and EIB, then only like when they talked about it in interviews, then I got to know about it. Yeah, yeah. Like, do do you think that like if a sketch is stretched with a with a story for two hours, then it, then it becomes an absurd film? Like like a film like uh, no smoking, can it yeah. is it a sketchy premise? So here's the thing, right? I think uh, uh, I mean I don't know what the character development in a sketch is, but in a film uh, there's character development. I think that's what differentiates it, right? Like yeah, where a character wants something, he goes out to get it, he pays the price for having achieved what he has, and then comes back to his earlier situation. Having changed something from that experience, the whole situation. So I think the character's arc is kind of what makes uh, defines whether it's a film or not a film, whether it's a sketch. Right? Where you're just doing something for the funny and nothing changes, mm-hmm. right? You're just making some people laugh. That's it. Whereas a film, the character has to go through certain stages of development, right? I think that's yeah. that is the thing. I think in no smoking, the character does change and develop and have has so many experiences happen to him. So hence, I think that's a film. Yeah, yeah. it could be made into a shorter sketch, but uh, I don't think it's a it's 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 a absurd premise carried yeah. to its logical conclusion. Mm, very well said. Very well said. Now let's talk about your work as an actor, and uh, uh, it's uh, I haven't seen Sri Lanka yet. Uh, but I've seen Brahman Dhawan, mm-hmm. and uh, mm-hmm. tell me, so how did you um, end up doing this film, and what was it like working with Q? Tell me about that. So basically, I'd auditioned for one of the four main leads, okay, okay, uh, and uh, and I kind of got shortlisted to play the character that Biswa ended up playing okay. in the film, 
and okay it's funny is i was shortlisted for that character and while i was auditioning i was like hey guys have you heard of this guy called biswa he's really good so biswa got the part that i was shortlisted for and i got demoted to just being like a cameo on screen oh that's so funny <laughs> so it's like one of those like khud ke pairon pe khuladi yeah, maarna yeah, situation yeah, yeah. yeah. <laughs> right uh, yeah. and um, no so uh, i'd been in the quizzing scene uh, in bangalore for a couple of years that time mm-hmm. i used to, i used to do college quizzes and stuff and mm-hmm. when this audition came around i went for the audition and uh, i did not really get the part get the part but when q find found out who i am what i do he made sure that the lead actors come and hang out with me and my friends before the shoot because mm-hmm. he wanted them to get a sense of what the quizzing boys are like and all of that stuff so it was like a two day shoot that happened in bangalore where like you know it was like it was very interesting in the sense where i one thing i really admire learned from q is how to use uh, drugs and alcohol on set basically i, sh- I don't know if i should be saying this of course tell me like, usually on cues yeah usually on cues set joints are always being rolled and beers are always being opened and stuff and like from watching him work i learned that one thing ki like you know when you're on your set there's mm. no sobriety rule if somebody wants to drink or somebody wants to smoke it's mm-hmm. okay as long as you're still in control of the situation need yeah. know how to get this thing done like i'll mm. tell you that from a personal story that happened where i was making this sketch called mootu which is like uh, yeah. tiger me too it's like a cow woman safety sketch no yeah and yeah. like the woman who was playing the lead character at the start of the shoot was like can i have like a drink before we start for some liquid courage sort of a thing and at that point i was like nay nay like you know not yet type of a thing but by about dinner time everybody on set wanted a drink and mm. i was like do they coming and doing this for free and if i say no to a, a drink right now i'll be the bad guy so i let people drink on the set yeah like with dinner everybody had a glass of old monk i chose not to drink cuz i still have to like oversee the shoot and stuff and then when we got back to shooting after that everybody was way more into it and everybody was throwing suggestions and more energetic and i think it's a genuinely a better video cuz i let people drink on set and uh, even with my tipu sultan film like uh, any time anybody wanted to smoke a joint everybody would stop and smoke a joint together and so that everybody's on the same wavelength and i think like yeah choosing to do that like getting high with the whole cast and crew and getting drunk with the whole cast and crew were good decisions that enabled it to be better as a video and as a film these these things happened after you worked with cube or before uh, what so the, these sketches which you made or these these films which you made these were made mm-hmm. after you learned it from cube that you should allow your actors or crew to drink on set yeah yeah, yeah. I, it's not one the things that he specifically taught me it's something just uh, that i observed from watching him work mm-hmm. but yeah it was after has it happened that like someone uh, my uh, lost control like after drinking or like someone couldn't be responsible enough because no i think i think with like uh, even with my stand up as well right i think of myself as a bar comedian um, if i'm in a room full of drunk people <laughs> okay. a room full of stone people i know how to handle them super people i can't stand so for me like uh, like actually letting people drink or letting people smoke up is an advantage and i don't know it works for me i don't know if i can recommend it to everybody to try <laughs> this out on their set but uh, i know how to handle people when they're stoned or drunk and it always works out better in my case okay <laughs> now uh, let's let's talk about film making and cinema more about cinema mm. 
and uh, if you could tell me about the documentary which you had worked uh, in the other way which is about independent film yeah. making and uh, could yeah. you tell me like how has the indie scene grown like since then that was made long back i guess in 2014 yeah how has it grown how, what do you think about it so the other way was i had very little part to play i think uh, the documentary was made by my school friend called An- Niket Das Gupta and Swati, who he was, uh, they were, they had a company at that time. They made other way because they were symbiosis students, and this was like started off as a college project for them, mainly. Mm-hmm. And uh, whenever they were shooting in Bangalore, I'd go and help out, type of a thing. So Aniket uh, also shot my first short film and edited my first short film, uh, and that was the Love Like a Sunset film. But around yeah. that time, like I was helping them out with shoots and stuff. I think how independent filmmaking has uh, changed in, since then, because I think with the advent of OTT platforms, uh, it has just been in, uh, absorbed into the mainstream. Is mm-hmm. what I feel. Like right now, whatever is independent can go in an OTT that has the same uh, content that a Hollywood, uh, same platform that a Hollywood movie gets, the same platform a Bollywood movie gets. So it gets the same sort of visibility. And I think, uh, yeah, my biggest complaint when it comes to independent filmmaking is when they take on these pseudo serious subjects, right? And they forget the main rule of uh, uh, content is that it has to be entertaining. Mm-hmm. Like some of these films go on just like, oh, I'm going to make about this problem and I'm going to make a film about that problem and that issue and whatnot. And they just make it drab and boring. That's where the mainstream is out is mainstream and masala hota and mainstream always like, you know, uh, gives people what their money is worth or whatever in terms of yeah, that's entertainment. That's yeah. our kind of thing. And that's where I think indie loses out is where in the thing of trying to like portray deeper, meaningful things, they kind of forget about uh, entertainment, which is what people come for because ultimately what do people want from a film except release an, an escape from their regular lives. Mm-hmm. Right? And Sometimes just coming and watching more problems is not probably something what my people might want. It is mm-hmm. my complaint with indie cinema. But I think it's been absorbed into the mainstream with OTT platforms. I don't I don't remember, I don't know if indie as a category can be like, if it still exists. I mean, what is the last film that you'd say was indie? Uh, was E. Baleu indie? Oh, yeah, yeah. Yeah, but it still and gets it released on Netflix because of yeah. yeah, yeah, yeah. So, but it still gets a release on Netflix, which is where your Dharma production movie also goes, and where your uh, uh, what's his name, Michael Bay movie also goes. It gets the same platform. Like, I mean, that's how I feel about my comics being on the internet as well. Is that it is reaching everybody's pocket, whether mm-hmm. people choose to see it or not is up to them, but the medium of distribution at least is like a lot easier now than it might have been say 10 years ago yeah i think so i think so it's it's becoming different for sure and Mm -hmm. but yeah a lot of people are still not getting released but i think it's much better than before uh yeah but i want to ask you this how do you uh define something entertaining like it's a very subjective term i feel yeah it's a very subjective term like for me entertaining is something where like you know if i'm so engrossed with something that i'm not even mm-hmm. going to think of what's happening on my phone mm-hmm. because it's very hard these days because your phone notifications keep going off every five minutes somebody yeah. wants to message you somebody wants to talk to you whatever the fuck right 
and if you're bored in a film you're going to take out your phone from your pocket and see what else is going on in the world mm-hmm. yeah uh, i think an entertaining film is something that can make you forget about anything that's uh, that is happening in the outside world so do you think a film like uh, the disciple huh. which is not a very plot driven film uh, huh. have you, have you seen it or uh, no i haven't seen it but, but i seen quote the yeah quote yeah, like Quote. I've seen the director's previous film. I've not seen Disciple Quote, yet. Quote still has uh, some kind of stakes. Um, like, yeah. Uh, but but like a film, uh, uh, like Nomadland. It mm. like you get me right. Like which is not yeah. very plot driven. It's more of a character mm-hmm. study. Mm-hmm. So does that kind of a film? Uh, can that kind of a film not thrive? Like. in today's times where the attention span is so low because people are used to 15 second reels now and yeah, their yeah. brains are trained to yeah. uh, wanting something new in every 15 seconds mm-hmm. so as an independent filmmaker when you said that it has to be entertaining people drag and bore most of the times and then mm. you would want to see your phone mm. so have you, as the, does the independent filmmaker lose that uh, freedom to make something which is a character study maybe not very plot driven in today's times is there a definition like, yeah, maybe in, of filmmaking going to change yeah tell me i don't see i it's like for example right if you look at filmmakers like godard and stuff they made mm. like the french new wave cinema and stuff and they were also like independent filmmakers mm. right but i don't think their films are boring like maybe some yeah. of the later films that they made like after they were established could be considered boring but early films have the certain sort of energy right yes and uh something i was trying to ideate because right now i'm trying to write my first feature and like trying to figure out what uh what it's all uh, what i want to say through my film and all of that stuff and I, i think uh, it comes from a place where like when you're broke and trying to make a film you're doing it out of desperation that you really fucking want to tell the story like mm. you know you you die if you don't put this story out there and that itself imbibes a certain level of energy whatever you're doing cuz like you know i want to get this done whether i can keep whether i have the resources for it or not and that's what i think really makes something indie i think like usually like uh, the more the money that gets involved in the project i think the film also like suffers like i yeah. don't think i've liked a christopher nolan film that's come out in the last 10 years right and i really love robert rodriguez as a filmmaker i think like his book about filmmaking called rebel without a crew that he wrote about uh, making his el mariachi film in under 7000 dollars mm-hmm. it's a textbook about filmmaking like i learned everything i know about filmmaking from reading that book of his but his last film that came out on netflix that had priyanka chopra and everybody he wanted with all the money in the world was fucking shit so it's like i think uh when films go beyond a certain budget and too much money gets involved the art and the artist suffer so i think uh that's where indie can indie stands out right is because it's made by desperate people under desperate circumstances as opposed to like having 10 trailers and like vanity vans and all the lights and all the fucking best cameras and all of that stuff and everybody sitting around and waiting until shot is called there's yeah, a think, certain yeah. energy that 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 really is what sells it i think yeah i agree i agree and i i think um i think we have learned that in the pandemic i think a lot of films have been made with very small crews and like people have figured out that there has been a lot of hidden unemployment on set like you don't yeah. need a lot so, of people for a certain kind of so one of my personal 
Final rules has so far been where, uh, uh, like in the film that I've done independently, I don't have a crew of more than two or three people, and I've never spent more than six thousand bucks making a short film. Like that's a rookie mistake a lot of people make. I was having a conversation with a college student also. I was telling him like, bro, like, if student film is making or independent is making, don't go over a budget of ten k because then you're burning through money that you don't have. He's like, yeah, my classmates use their parents' money. They spent a few lakhs making a student film. I spent like six thousand, seven thousand bucks. which i was like that's the right way to do it so if you're making something independent by yourself uh, on a small scale try and not spend more than 10k cuz that's money you don't have right and that's not money you're going to make back also unless like it like create some sort of crazy uh, impact or whatever so it's like one of those things like try and keep a cap on how much you end up spending like my thing is like okay if i can make a 7 uh, to 10 minute short film in 6 grand Then, if I want to make a ninety-minute film, let me keep it under five lakhs, or let me keep it under one lakh if I possibly can. Mm-hmm. Because, like, uh, the pressure on the film to do be- better monetarily is lesser than, yeah. and uh, I think that's something that people get lost in. Ki like, oh, needs to like make back the money that we put into it, and if you put a few crores into it, and if it's uh, if it makes a fifty, uh, sixty lakhs, you still consider it a bad film. Or a flop. Whereas if you spend like eighty grand to a lakh and then it makes even just five lakhs, it's still a success. So True. that is something. Thing is, I'm like keep a cap on how much you spend. Try and spend as less as possible. Try and keep a small crew of people who totally believe in the project. Like I have, like I've been lucky with that. Uh, Ki I have a circle of friends who are not proper actors, actors, but interested in acting enough mm. to be like. मैं बोल रहा हूँ कि अच्छा मुझे कल परसों जाके कुछ शूट करना है वो सब आएंगे But also at the same time, uh, I feel one shouldn't compromise with the quality of the film and just uh, putting effort in reducing the budget. Uh, like you know, so, yeah. Uh, so I think Robert Rodriguez also says this thing, right? He says that like everybody has about ten bad films in them. Hmm. Only like after you've made those ten bad films, maybe your eleventh one will be good and worth presenting to the world. So he's like, make those ten films. Films before anybody knows you, before they are widely seen or whatever, make them get it out of your system, and then your eleventh film go out and like show the world type of thing. That's his theory, and I think I buy it. But the difference is that with the internet being what it is, all those terrible films also you can put online and get a few views off of. Right. <laughs> okay. Okay. What What's the limit that you set to a feature film? Indie feature film, five lakh, ten lakh. I. I Haven't made one, but I think I can make one under five lakhs. Okay, that's amazing. I'm I'm looking forward to watching that. So yeah, uh, <laughs> what what's uh like what's the general attitude towards independent filmmaking in Bangalore? Because you come from Bangalore, could you tell me more about the Bangalore indie scene? So Bangalore का जो problem है right like is like it's like uh you know how the smartest Indian engineers and stuff. Flee for the West. Uh, Bangalore's problem is that the best comedian, writer, actor, whoever is from Bangalore, leaves to Bombay. 
like they get big enough in a couple of years and then they just want to go to bombay and like try and fit into the bombay system mm-hmm. right uh, so there's a huge like talent drain hap- that that happens when it comes to bangalore's talent because like right now for me uh, what we are working towards and what me and my friends end up talking about is creating an alternate scene in bangalore for filmmaking because fi- bangalore is not a filmmaking city it's never like uh, it's not like a huh is it more about comedy uh i mean yeah it had a great stand up scene a few years ago but i think even that's died down because all of the best ones left right mm-hmm. so uh uh no but like bangalore's never been a making town in the terms ki like bangalore ka mention tum kab dekhte ho film mein ki like you know pictures mein bol diya koi bangalore gaya hai kaam karne ke liye या बाजीगर में शाहरुख खान बोलता है कि मेरे पेरेंट्स बैंगलोर से आते आते हुए प्लेन में मर गए तो बैंगलोर नेवर बीन पोर्ट्रेड इन मेन स्ट्रीम हिंदी सिनेमा एंड इट हैज बीन पोर्ट्रेड इन अ लॉट ऑफ मलयाली फिल्म्स लाइक दिस कैरेक्टर्स कम टू बैंगलोर एज अ थिंग ऑफ लाइक यू नो ब्रेकिंग आउट ऑफ देयर कंस्ट्रेंट्स एंड बिकमिंग फ्री एंड ऑल ऑफ दैट स्टफ सो बैंगलोर आई डोंट थिंक हैज बीन पोर्ट्रेड लाइक हैज द पोटेंशियल ऑफ बैंगलोर नेवर बीन यूटिलाइज्ड इन टर्म्स ऑफ फिक्शन Mm-hmm. and i think that's one thing that me and my friends have been constantly on talks about is how do we do this because i do not want to go be another face in bombay who is trying to fit into the system i'd rather create an alternate parallel scene that is probably more english based because bangalore people talk english more than they do in uh, other cities it's mm-hmm. a people are way more fluent with english than they are with hindi or south indian languages or whatever so like something that's more global because i think uh uh when it comes to technology being the way it is with cameras that are available to us and editing systems being available to us and all i don't think a centralized film industry makes sense anymore you can make a film wherever you are and yeah. i think that's something that we are working towards on a in our own little ways about how do we get this done because yeah. i think there's massive potential because there is a great theater scene there is availability of actors Uh, the city has a character of its own that's never been like authentically portrayed in film so it has it, it is a city with a lot of potential that just waiting to be tapped into it's about people like having the right kind of eyes to like look into it and try and capture it basically yeah so it's, it is a budding nascent scene i think it'll take another few years and some people just like you know not caring about the money and just putting their hearts out there mm. and making shit for it to like over ke aane ke liye like bilkul and i i think that that is um, i think happening in many small towns also in india i think mm-hmm. with the pandemic people have realized that like that's this concept of packing your bags and going to bombay is i think it's going to not very very important in the coming future yeah if you can make your inshallah but a, but a lot of people like uh, you know when when the internet came initially mm-hmm. there was good content according to me but with with it reaching to everyone when everyone had access to the internet and to cameras mm-hmm. like there was a content mm-hmm. boom and not everything was great and that's mm-hmm. going to happen with indie film making also with time mm-hmm. and yeah let's see what happens in the future let's uh, now talk about mm-hmm. your thoughts on indian cinema as as in what i have seen that mm-hmm. uh, there are two cinematic styles narrative styles mm-hmm. which over the years which have been prevalent like the homegrown masala musical which we usually call bollywood mm-hmm. which is come from mm-hmm. the nortanki theater style of northern india and mm-hmm. 
then we have parallel cinema which is influenced from the west uh from italian neorealism now every country mm-hmm. usually comes up with their own style of cinema and when you see a film you know this is an iranian cine- uh, movie mm-hmm. it, like mm-hmm. they have this similar language and india is a mix of a lot of things we have our own musical mm-hmm. we have parallel uh, cinema realism we have mm-hmm. french new wave influence cinema mm-hmm. so we don't have a uniform identity what do you think should be the identity of india or do we even need to find an identity for indian cinema or how do we present ourselves internationally if we don't have an so, identity yeah i think bollywood has basically formed that like identity right in the sense ki when you talk to person in the west and you are saying that india they think bollywood they think dance numbers they think shahrukh khan yeah. so i think there is a perceived identity of what indian films are now what i feel happens when it comes to mainstream films or uh, like the big budget bollywood films is that we underestimate the intelligence of the audience that's the biggest mistake i feel like they think that the audience is dumb and they just want to be fed more of the same shit mm-hmm. like and unless you make smart films how do you expect the audience to smart up also like i think there's like a interview of satyajit ray from the late 80s early 90s yeah. saying that his biggest handicap was like dealing with a dumb stupider audience Who's willing mm-hmm. to take uh, whatever, right? But unless you make the smart, intelligent films, how are you going to like you know expect the audience to like watch better films, right? Mm-hmm. Like I think uh, in terms of like uh, films, I think there was this period like you know post two thousand five to two thousand thirteen fourteen where like a lot of great films that got made yeah. that. stand out to me as like you know like films like kamine gangs of asapur devdi all of these films were like had mainstream actors were trying to tell that story that wouldn't otherwise be told and still stand the test of time if you look at kamine right now also it's still a great movie mm-hmm. that i i don't know that i think for me that was like a great phase of indian films which i do not see happening i think in the sense ki like uh uh I don't remember the last time like an Indian film really like stood out to me that I went to the theater and watched twice or thrice like you know ki like mujhe do baar dekhna hai mujhe teen baar dekhna hai theater mein like that I think is one of my things even though I've seen the film I want to keep coming back to the theater and see it again on the big screen and again on the big screen which hasn't happened in a while which for me I think would used to happen quite a lot during those few years where I was like uh uh very like when i was still wanting to learn i think that is also like one thing that breaks you as a viewer is when you figure out how to make films because when before you were just a viewer and you were a consumer of movies you could just take it as a uh form of entertainment but over the last 5 6 years or i'm like are ye camera angle use kiya hai aise edit kiya hai waisa nahi karna chahiye tha because I think the curse of filmmaking is if you learn how to make yeah. films, you can you stop enjoying films as a viewer. That's there. Like, That's there. Yeah. It so that difficult. that way I get overtly critical, you know, because like the it becomes key, difficult like, watching uh, with friends who are not like, like film family. students. Yeah. Yeah. Tell me. Yeah. Or if you're watching a movie with my family or with my sisters or whatever. and they could be enjoying it but i'm going mm, no but that's not right but that's not right. and like dude shut the fuck up and enjoy the movie like you know what's wrong with you like doesn't have to be by your epic standards 
मूवी <laughs> Like, you know mm-hmm. like mm-hmm. nobody's looking into those details so yeah. it kind of like i mean for me like a film that can make me forget about technicalities and the fact that i'm watching a film and it's made by so and so is when i'm like okay this is a good film like i've like uh, like off late like you know bahut hua saman is this movie that came out okay if you seen on hotstar i haven't but i bahut hua saman hmm. oh dude I think that, in my opinion, was like the epicest Indian film of 2020. That was like a film that I saw five times in the same fucking month. I'm like, मुझे इसे भी दिखाना है, मुझे तुम्हें दिखाना है, मुझे तुम्हें दिखाना है. Like, मैं एक महीने में पांच बार देखा. Because like, there's a morsel of truth in the film that the uh, filmmakers try to present in an entertaining manner. Like you know, like, f- like you watch it and go like, fuck, ये कैसे बना दिया? How did they get it and get it out there while saying such subversive things? Mm-hmm. I'm going to watch it. Yeah. That that film I highly recommend. Another film that I saw uh, last year was this Kunal Khemu film called Loot Case. Huh. I really really like. Mm-hmm. Well, uh, I think that uh, I think not taking yourself too seriously is very important in terms of whether it's making films or making any form of content. Like mm. you know, the moment you take yourself too seriously. It's going to get boring and stuff. The reason why Bhathwa Samman, Loot Case, and all stand out for me is that they're fun films that they don't take themselves seriously, and that's a that's one thing that like maybe indie cinema can pick off of the mainstream is not not taking yourself seriously, not being so self-absorbed. Hmm. Because indie ka wohi problem hota hai na ki like people become self-indulgent. People think that what I care about is what other people care about too, which might not always be the case. But my point being that not taking oneself too seriously is an important uh, trait, not only in filmmaking but in life. Like if you get mm. too absorbed in like the life in life of your mind, it gets like like it becomes troublesome because then you'll make a film and you'll show somebody and then the person will give you feedback and you'll be like, no, but this guy doesn't get it. He doesn't understand what I'm trying. Whatever, like you know, you mm. get into those loops. True, true, true. That 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 happens with every art form you deal with and. Of course, you you mm-hmm. need to fi- uh, find that uh, crack that sweet spot where you are not yeah, telling enough, think, but also people are getting you what you're doing. That's why the that's why social media comes into play, right? Because with my comics, I get direct live response mm-hmm. from the audience. Yeah, whereas yeah. like in a film or something, people might go to the theater and they see it, and then I don't know what they really thought about it, or uh, if they see it on a streaming platform, there's no ability to comment or whatever. so you don't really know about what people actually thought about it whereas with like putting up my comic on instagram or putting up my video igtv i get direct live response from the people which also makes you feel so much better because why are you doing this if not for the audience and unless the audience enjoys it what's the point true true that's 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 true um now could we talk about uh, indian cinema's representation internationally mm-hmm. uh mm-hmm. like we had masan and it was done in the right way it was an indo french co production it uh, 
was like selected for can it it ran for camera theor if i am not wrong uh which movie i i'm talking about masan oh masan yeah yeah well, what do you think like uh why are we uh, not not represented internationally well enough like and because i think it's yeah. a it's a money game right because like yeah, a lot of is. these film festivals and award functions like academy awards and all that stuff takes a lot of lobbying yeah. and uh you need to have that amount Campaigns. of money also to spend on going there and like you know like walking the red carpet in a tuxedo and like being like oh hmm. we are a big deal all of that stuff right uh i mean like another example of a indieish film that end up winning a berlin award in berlin was newton mm-hmm. right because uh what newton or even masan does it tells an authentic indian story it's yeah. a story that will not be happening anywhere else in the world whereas like mm-hmm. if you look at like even a film like lagan that went to the oscars at the end of the day it's the longest yard mm-hmm. not uh not the adam sandler one that came later but 1970 is make longest yard bani thi with burt reynolds it is basically like taking their formula and you um, indianizing it and taking it back to them and being like oh look we made a film it's not going to work because they've seen the original there's no like uh, thing so mm-hmm. like what makes some of these films like uh, masan and uh, newton, newton stand out stand out is that they take telling an authentic indian story Mm-hmm. and also like uh, freelancer the film that i acted in right when i saw it for the first time i walked up to the director and said i'm like dude i've never seen anything like this before and he was saying ki like the reason that is is because i do not consume that much cinema so whatever i create is from my mind oh, whereas like uh, whereas like uh, a lot of the indian films that try to make uh, like there's this formula like and sometimes it even surprises you when like you know you think it a film is very indian and it hits the authenticity right and then two months later you find out ki ye bhi kahi se copy karke laaye so that habit of copying uh, foreign films or whatever i don't think it's a bad thing as long as you can make it authentic but mm-hmm. it might not work on an international circuit where if you're copying their film only and indianizing it and taking it back to them saying that appreciate us i don't think that that works i think it needs to be an authentic story about mm-hmm. you your neighborhood where you come from and then maybe there's that element of un- uniqueness in it which might capture like a wider od- like a audience globally yeah. that's why satyajit ray's film stand out because they're authentically bengali like mm-hmm. that's why uh, like you know people like scorsese and wes anderson and stuff admire him is because like he authentically like bengali films like i was like actually reading his book about filmmaking and direction last year and and he talks about how when they were making patar panchali and stuff a lot of people told them ki like you have to shoot in the studio mm. you need this amount of lighting yeah. all of that stuff but he wanted to show fireflies yeah. in, in the and dark used to torches and the cameras then weren't capable so he he devised up like these lamps and stuff mm. that they took and they shot in low lighting and made it look like fireflies and stuff so that yes. element of authenticity and experimentation is what made his films like a benchmark that stand out that people still admire when it comes to global india a uh, global when they think about global indian uh, filmmaker satyajit ray is number one because of that like you know authenticity yeah very true very true i feel like that's also like a like that's something i've learned from the last one year uh, of making comics and stuff is uh 
what what goes wrong is when people try to aim for the largest possible audience uh, mm-hmm. i think you lose out on uh, authenticity in that way yeah. honestly if you when it comes to writing something that happens with every bollywood flick usually yeah, yeah. Yeah. So whereas like from my comics at least how I feel is that uh, you pick the one person that you're trying to tell the story or to or who you're trying to impress or whatever and write it in such a way that you're telling this person only the story like mm. only their validation or whatever matters. Mm-hmm. So when you're writing for one person or like a select group of 10 15 people then you know exactly what you're uh, uh, who you're playing to. So it's like I think Kurt Vonnegut who's one of my favorite writers has a theory about writing He says that if you open up the window and like uh, try to make love to the world, your story is going to get pneumonia. So <laughs> it's like try and figure out who is your who who is your audience and what you're trying to tell them is very important. Because mm-hmm. I don't think trying to make a mass film that's going to appeal to a whole country or the whole world, mm-hmm. uh, you're never going to be successful at that. And and um, like when you have decided uh, about your audience. Uh, Does that also dictate the budget you would assign to your project? Like that, that is that yeah, how you devise a revenue like, model? Because I've never, I've never had big money to play with, dude. So I don't hmm. know about deciding money. You know, like I'll tell you how. Like my first film and all got made, right? Like my first short film, uh, Love Like a Sunset. I made it when I was in my third year of college. Mm-hmm. I was working in a bookstore, mm-hmm. uh, and bookstore में मेरा monthly salary छः हजार था. So बनाने So, like, I've always had like less money to deal with, and uh, uh, hence I've always done the cheaper thing. I've never had to like, oh, I have fifty thousand rupees, I have fifty thousand rupees, ke thirty thousand is to utilize, karunga, twenty is to utilize. Karunga. I've never had that option so far. Like my last film, the one that I made called the Mythical Chicken Lasagna, <laughs> yeah. that was produced by that was produced by an art gallery through a IFA fund, which is the first time I had twenty k. to mm. make a film and okay. that's been the biggest budget that anybody's ever given me is like 20000 rupees right? <laughs> like so i've never had like big money to like throw around and use that way so i wouldn't know about big budget stuff i've always made the smaller budget things so that's what i know that's that's nice that's nice and uh, i think like uh, when you are restricted like you 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 start your creativity starts working in certain ways yeah. that you invent something like you talked about satyajit ray uh, making using flashlights to show uh, i forgot to show that 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 night thing right i forgot the name of that uh yeah fireflies fireflies yes 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 exactly and and because of low budgets i think a lot of people have invented and discovered filmmaking techniques which usually when you have the luxury yeah. you can't do that like we will yeah. so resorted to low budget filmmaking after bombay velvet because that's very excels yeah. the most yeah. yeah yeah so i think this happened with one of my like early short films i think my third short film that i made this is the one that i have not put out it was the only one i think was a bad film or a failure in creativity but there is a moment that happened in it for me 
that's the movie magic right because like i was shooting in koramangala and bangalore mm-hmm. at a friend's house and i knew from hanging out there that every one other's power cut like one other's power one other's power cut one other's power one other's power cut so like knowing that that was my restriction i planned my shoot in such a way ki like for one hour we'll rehearse when the power is gone when the power comes back we'll quickly shoot for an hour when power goes again we'll rehearse the next bit when power comes back we'll shoot it again is how we were planning the shoot and we had one shot left one shot where this character opens his pot box and mm-hmm. uh, uh has a smile on his face and just then the power went and i had one shot remaining to shoot that day and uh so you either can wait for a whole hour or you can get it done and we had small led lights so i quickly ran to like uh, the stationery shop i picked up green cellophane paper came back wrapped the led light put it in the box and while the power is still gone made this guy open the box in such a way that it created a green glow on his face and for me that was like one of my proudest moments as a filmmaker because like you know you you had those restrictions and you still mm-hmm. managed to do something cool with it yeah like so yeah restrictions are very necessary true true that's the spirit of indie filmmaking mm-hmm. also iranian cinema which people talk about it's is is based on rest- restrictions and it does create a lot of magic so uh i also don't yeah. feel like i would be as as uh, as productive or creator if we did not have such a repressive government also right <laughs> you said that like uh, I, yeah in, in one of your videos you said modi ji has given me so many jobs i i crack jokes i yeah. make films and also yeah, i mean at the national yeah <laughs> I, I I don't know if we had a UPA three or a UPA four right now. If I would be the filmmaker, I am without the government being the way they are. I think because like it shapes the mindset of the people, shapes the condition you are in. Because especially with stuff like Muslim Man, right? Like mm. my last comment I put out, it's I'm genuinely afraid because people could show up to my doorstep to beat me up, given the conditions. that they are like you know because mm-hmm. you're making it knowing that your life is on the line if the government gets to the their way with it i could be in a concentration camp you know what i mean mm-hmm. so and that that's the level of paranoia the level of tension that you're making i'm making content in mm. yeah and like the thing happened to me last year which i think really leveled up my personal writing is that i went to jail uh in nagpur i was arrested and detained and interrogated by every intelligence agency in the country and that one day of being in jail i think leveled up my writing in ways that i could not have possibly imagined if you look at my scripts that i wrote before i went to jail and the scripts i wrote after i came out of jail zameen asman ka farak hai they are lot better so i don't know like again i wouldn't recommend it to everybody but going to jail helps your writing i'm i'm sorry i didn't know that though <laughs> yeah i mean like i don't know if uh, it should be public knowledge public knowledge maybe like if you want to edit it out or keep it in i don't know <laughs> it's it's your call i have, I have no issue i'm this this yeah, yeah, yeah. it's sensitive no information but yeah i think going to jail definitely helped my writing uh, the larger point being that oppression slash suppression leads to better art like you know maybe a freer society might not produce as good art as a repressed oppressed society might hmm that that's Because that's true i think a, a lot of the people who are drawn to filmmaking are people who want to break taboos right mm-hmm. 
like people are tired of societal constraints want to break the taboos want to present their world view are drawn mm. to telling stories not just filmmaking telling, story, yeah, story, telling story. stories yeah so i don't know like like there might be conformist filmmakers and stuff but i think a large majority of there people are. especially want to do indie independent stuff mm. are the mm. people who want to break away from the norm and break the taboos and do stuff that people tell them you can't say or do right So I think yeah, like I think I'm really thankful to the powers that be that make me a better creator. So do you think like uh, countries who have a lot of freedom, so the mm-hmm. art doesn't like the creativity stops? Like does it does it get lowered or something? I mean yeah, there can be an element of decadence in terms mm-hmm. of uh, uh, freedom. I mean like. Uh, I I I don't know if I've never like studied studied that element, but hey, uh, like take a country like America for uh, mm. example, and they have freedom now. They had repression in the fifties and the sixties and stuff, but now you think they have relative freedom, and a lot of like yeah, we might watch a few good Hollywood movies, but like they make eighty percent tatty stuff also, right? Yeah, like they also make rom coms. They also make all of these like lame comedies, whatever that don't really like. see anything do anything whatever so yeah maybe that pressure of like truly wanting to express yourself disappears hmm okay but i think they they have like uh then the creativity starts flowing in other directions also when you have the freedom mm. to make something mm. like i think they made a film where george bush dies or something like death of a president uh which is which yeah, yeah. was made when he was already in power so that kind of a film yeah requires freedom yeah as well as yeah. that's also creativity in other directions yeah yeah so yeah it yeah. works both ways i'm sure mm. uh yeah like abbas kirostami always talks so, also about like, restrictions don't you think like uh, mm. don't you think like uh, filmmakers or whoever like storytellers creators In the end of the day, are looking for acceptance and appreciation, right? Like you want to be understood as a human being. Like, hey, these are the thoughts that go on in my head, and I want more people to like see it yeah. and understand the kind of person that I am. And that's kind of where art or creativity comes from. Yeah. So I don't think that really matters what the country's larger perspective is or whatever. It's just like a desire to like find more people like you. Totally, totally. I agree with that. Like, I, I. always had this thought that when i watch a film i i feel something but i am not able to explain it very like properly like mm-hmm. like film critics would write about it so beautifully people would mm-hmm. critique a film i don't have that mm-hmm. uh, ability i can't do that i don't understand how people can put it into words like how beautifully they can do it but i yeah. do feel something and, and and it's very disturbing that i can't express it in words and gradually i started understanding maybe i want to express it in the audiovisual medium and that's why i maybe i want to make films so you do find your own medium to express your thoughts and and yeah that's that's yeah. that's the very purpose of art to feel uh, connected and to express what we yeah. think how, how we make sense of the world around us yeah because like the best kind of art is the one that makes you feel less alone as a viewer ki like bro mere jaise aur log hain duniya mein जो कर रहे हैं ऐसा लाइक वन ऑफ दीज फिल्म विच आई रियली लाइक लव लव इज दिस फिल्म कॉल सॉरी टू बॉदर यू हैव यू सीन दैट वन नो नो आई हैव इट सो आई हाईली रेकमेंडेड 
it's uh, by this filmmaker called Boots Riley. He made this film called Sorry to Bother You, and the kind of film that me and when I watched, I'm like, I'm opening up my laptop and I'm writing a script today, because I know like the people like me out there, and if they can get something made, I can get something made. That's the kind of like energy and like you know vibe like uh, that film gives off. I, yeah, and it makes you feel less alone in the world. Feel like yeah, like I'm kind of fucked up, but the other people who are just as fucked up and they're making art, so I can also do so. Like it gives you that motivation that you know that kira in your uh, thing starts sticking again. Mm-hmm. Totally, totally. I agree. When you watch a good film, you um like this 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 these lines are from uh, hossein sabzian who starred in abbas kirsami's film close up so he, there was a documentary made on this person later on where he says that when you watch a good, when i watch a good film i feel reborn and i feel as if i made this film i identify with the actors and yeah. the directors and 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 i yeah. completely relate to that like when i'm saying it right now mm-hmm. i'm getting goosebumps because you just feel like that like so this is my story and i also yeah. made it right now while watching it as i kept making it while watching yeah. it and and you get yeah. triggered into making your own one so yeah um, like, yeah tell me huh. cool. so yeah, i mean even the last uh, last great theater experience that i had pre pandemic Hmm. was when i went and saw knives out in the theater the ryan johnson movie yeah uh knives out hmm. and it was like a house full and when the movie got over i looked around and everybody had smiles on their faces you know hmm. everybody left the theater smiling because they everybody in the theater knew that they'd watched a good film that we shared this collective experience and we all think the same way about what we just went through and that's kind of what the beauty of cinema is right it's like it's a social art form at the end of the day it cannot be created by one person sitting in one room unlike writing unlike my comics you need people interacting people uh, playing off of each other's vibes in order to like create a film whether it's at an ideating stage whether it's the shooting stage whether it's the editing stage it's ultimately a people's medium like and it's nothing without the people very true I I think it's one of the um, most powerful inventions as people someone had quoted mm. this I think of of mass communication and yeah it has the power to influence people and of course people are using it for different reasons uh, the mm-hmm. medium of cinema and now we see that there has been a lot of uh, a lot of movies are being made uh, about the state now mm. like a rang de basanti couldn't have been possible today which was made mm. back then so yeah. uh but the last last uh, we have come to towards the end now i have just one last question mm. for you like you said there are con- confirmist uh, filmmakers also and mm-hmm. but when you make something indie you want to put out what you want to say but uh, mm. how do you balance uh, between the art that you want to create and uh, what the market demands the demands of the market how do you do that or do you not care I about the market at all yeah i don't think i care about the market at all i don't think anybody is asking for a muslim superhero or nobody like you know like hmm. would have like funded a muslim superhero thing ever it was up to me to be like this is what i want in the world and this is what i want to see in the world and going out there and creating it i don't think uh, there's ever been a market demand thing that has ever worked for me for me like the base morsel of what i try to do or what i want to do is i want to fuck around with people's minds 
mm-hmm. at the end of the day right like like hit them with shit that they never thought could exist or saw coming from any side or angle ki like ye fuck ye ye aadmi kya trip pe hai kyu kar raha hai aise mm-hmm. like even like uh, you said rangdeep basanti could not be made today i made rangdeep basanti too like <laughs> yeah <laughs> right I, nobody was asking me to do it uh, i did it at a time where tipu sultan was the hottest topic in karnataka it was around his birthday time where the bjp government is trying to ban him as a as a person and, mm. and having all sorts of negative propaganda going out and i'm going like no i'm going to stand and make a pro film at a time where like i could potentially be beaten up right especially that movie uh, so we like i was dressed up in full like tipu sultan costume when i went to the costume shop to pick up the pick up the costume the costume shop guy is saying why are you hiring this costume you know he was a tyrant right Mm-hmm. and i'm like dude if he was a tyrant then why do you have the costume like i like and he's like okay okay just don't do anything that might get you into trouble and then i was in full costume and we went and shot in like nandi hills nandi hills is like a hill station near bangalore which mm-hmm. was made by tip sultan like it was just a hill and he built a fort over there and stuff and all of these families that are coming to holiday there uh, anybody who had a saffron sticker or a tikka on the foreheads wanted to beat me up seeing me in tipu sultan costume like they were waiting for me to make a mistake so that they could beat me up i had mm-hmm. to shoot it gorilla style like shoot 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 and go and uh, without making a mistake they assured there were muslim families who wanted to come and like take photos with me but the irony was that these people are coming to holiday at a place that tipu sultan built mm-hmm. while being mad at tipu sultan <laughs> right and mad yeah. at a guy who's dressed up as tipu sultan So I I think if I cared what people uh, thought about what I'm doing I wouldn't do anything I would just sit in my room and fast. Uh, so <laughs> okay. I I don't know market demand has never been like something I cared for I think for me it's like yeah. wanting to fuck around with people's minds presenting realities that wouldn't otherwise exist and in general like you know uh, uh like and people make people who are like me feel less alone like you know if somebody who's like a dalit kid looks at a comic and thinks there should be a dalit superhero he should be enabled to go out and create that superhero and somebody who's a woman or uh, lgbtq who looks at my superhero and says that they need representation in the superhero mm. format that they should go out and make that superhero themselves because it's that easy to do it mm-hmm. like showing people how easy it is to actually create something that's wonderful that's wonderful and with yeah. that uh we shall end this podcast and mm-hmm. thank you so much fala uh, for joining me on hindi parishad and yeah. uh, all the best with musliman and the screenplay that you are uh, writing right now mm-hmm. uh, your first feature and uh, mm-hmm. also uh, in developing the bangalore indie circuit and i'm, I'm mm-hmm. sure uh, you're going to make a lot of great stuff and also do keep acting in wonderful films like you have been doing before thank no, you for no, no, joining no, I think, me i think Yes. I think I've always been an accidental actor. I've never wanted to act. I end up acting because I have no other option. But awfully, I've been finding other actors. And after my last short film, I'm like, I don't want to see myself on screen. I'm better off behind. <laughs> That's basically my perspective. But I would like to keep seeing you. Like, if you if you get a chance, don't don't turn it down. Keep doing it. Yeah, like, yeah. of course, your choice of films are really good. Given the good. chance, so I like I like how Tarantino or Hitchcock appear in the huh. films. Like, you know, as a cameo passing I, i totally love to do that but i don't think carrying a film being like front and center of camera is something i like want to do so yeah. sure i think cameos are good enough like i i love i love yeah. it it's wonderful when the director makes a cameo appearance like 
every time yeah, it's always like you go like oh man this guy can write direct and also do this like you know super <laughs> talented as him true 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 do you do you also like uh, what else do you like doing like other than writing and directing do you do you like doing your music do you like uh, doing other stuff like editing your own films shooting I, like i mean yeah i read a lot and i listen to a lot of music uh, but with music i just have like a tone deaf ear like you know i i've listened to thousands of songs i still can't understand how a sound like that is made from a guitar or how mm. do these people hit drums this fast to create the sound so i'm like tone deaf to those things i can en- enjoy it as a consumer i do not know how they get made and i think it's a good thing i can sit back and think But like filmmaking is uh, filmmaking captures all of the other arts as well right because filmmaking is a collection of literature the collection of it has musical rhythm it has the visual element from painting and photography and all of that stuff so filmmaking anyways is a, is the ultimate highest art form that you can attempt so i don't hmm. i think that's my ultimate goal i don't it's, think it's an amalgam of all the art forms because, that have existed yeah and mm. only uh, comics right now i've started reading a lot of comics because i want to know because like you know like when it comes to filmmaking uh uh scorsese says that there is something called visual literacy you need mm. to watch a lot of films to understand what a shot is used for what a cut is used for all of that stuff so in order to make yours right so of and since i started making comics i've started reading a lot more comics to understand what has already come in the medium before so mm. uh yeah i think comics has been like a i it's a liberation in fact because like right now i'm not restricted but what I, about what i'm able to capture on camera what actors can do or what mm. uh, sets i can create because i can literally show anything like you know i can show i can have elon musk appear as a character i can take i can like have a space thing i can have a giant monster so mm. uh, i think uh, like I think my advice to somebody who is like who wants to make films but does not have the resources make a comic is hmm. what I would say like because it's the easiest form because when it comes to like writing a comic you're basically making a trailer like you're taking hmm. the juiciest bits of the story the highlight reels of the story and you're putting it down in such a way just the entertaining bits so if it does get made into film you'll have to have a lot of like elements of like yeah this character is putting on his clothes this guy is eating this yeah. guy is walking all of those things go out of the window when you're creating True. a comic comic is the juiciest most uh, entertaining part of the story put down to paper so yeah, yeah if you don't have do not have budget to make a film make a comic instead that's that's a great advice and on that note mm-hmm. we shall end it thank you thank you fala mm-hmm. and i have had a lot of thank takeaways today and i'm sure people are going to be also uh, also yep. be benefited from this conversation Thank you Thanks. for joining me. I'm going to meet you soon. Take Thanks, care. Thanks, Harry. Yeah. Take care. Bye.